0: The, uh, the video you just saw basically asked questions that I, I know I've asked before, and you really see those questions being asked um, around our culture and and around the world. Basically, what what is good? Uh, what is good enough? How do we know what is good and what is good enough? Uh, both those questions really do make a difference in how we we live life, in how we view ourselves, how we view others. Um, I don't know about you, but this past week is one of the things I look forward to, Halloween. Um, I heard the laughs, but I really do. Um, it, it's one of those times where basically you get candy for free. It really is counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense. But see, even that has has some rules to it. Uh, my daughter is is 15 months, and... Part of the thing that really determines how much candy you're going to get is how cute your kid is. The costume, not just them. But, you know, and there there are certain rules with Halloween, you know. The the kind of the cultural norm is you you wear a costume and you get candy. It's really that simple. Um, Other holidays coming up, Christmas. There, there's a system set in place that, you, that you, you see this idea of the naughty and nice list. How do you know if you get on the naughty and nice list? If you're growing up um, and your parents did that idea of Santa giving gifts, isn't there kind of the idea of the unknown? How do you know? And each year, maybe you get a lot of gifts and you just think by the amount of gifts you get, well, I must have been good. Some year you get the jacket you don't like that you didn't ask for, and you determined I must have been bad. Sorry, I had to bring that up. That happened to me. Um, but, but really, the, those questions even happen in, the, in those holidays. The, the idea of, what do I need to do to get that? To, to get that, the candy, to get those gifts. There's an element of which, what hoops do I need to jump through so I can receive something? That even does translate into to our idea of, of being good and bad. What, what do I need to do to be good? And there's an element of which, ever since we were born, um, maybe a little later in age, but we, we tend to ask those questions. What do I need to do to be good? Same questions come up when we, when we have a relationship with God. We, we try to figure out, what do I need to do so God will have favor upon me? What are the things that make God um, not want to take me out. And in the world you look at, there's many different things of, of people deciding how, how they determine what they need to do that's right, what they need to do that, that is good. This morning we're going to be looking at a concept of of grace. Um, and for the next three weeks we're going to be basically unpacking what, what grace is and how grace is God's response to the question of, of how good is good enough. If you've never heard of the word grace, it really means unmerited favor. As you dig into the scriptures, you find that there's nothing that we can do that makes us good enough. This morning we're going to look a little bit about, since that is true, what what does that mean for us? If you have your listening outline, that's just a way that you can follow along. The first point on there is is the Bible teaches that, that grace comes through Jesus Christ. So this unmerited favor that God gives us came in the person of Jesus Christ. John one, fourteen through seventeen, says the word, which the word when it's with a capital W is basically the divinity of Jesus. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The, the question of, of are we good enough when we ask that in relation to, to God is basically a question of, of what do we need to do so we're, we're okay? Okay. Well, when you dig into scriptures, the only way that that we are okay with God is found in the person of Jesus Christ. God did all that that was necessary to have a relationship with him. Uh, God took the initiative with us. What you find is, is in the scripture, that that has a lot of implications. If God took the initiative with us, then it really changed the wiring of, of how we perform to God. Change the wiring of what that looks like in our behavior, in our actions, in our words. Um, in the scriptures, it's talking about, right here in this passage, the idea of law coming from Moses. The law there is talking about the Ten Commandments, the standard for which the Jewish people base their faith. This idea of this is, these are the things that you need to obey and follow. And what happened is systems were developing where people were not sure exactly how they can live up to those standards. And so there were some groups that, that watched everyone just to make sure that they were in line with exactly all those rules. And new rules were created and new rules upon that and upon that. And basically this rules-oriented self-improvement model was created where people were just trying to determine what can they do to measure up to God's standards. So when it's talking about the law of Moses, it's really talking about that. Then it, then it kind of paints the other picture, that, that grace and truth come from Jesus Christ. So you have this standard, which we can't live up to. Uh, Scripture tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Sin basically means that, that we've missed the mark, that we were going on a one-way street, which was to get everything that we could for ourselves. All we really cared about was this one-way street and our goals. And in our sin and missing the mark. that just That's all we saw. When the person of Jesus Christ. Basically we, we now have a, an alternate route. There's a U-turn now. So while we're going our own way. When we realize that grace and truth come from Jesus Christ. It's, it's basically that it's a new road. And when you commit your life to Christ as the boss of your life. You, you take that new road. So that, that gap between the standard that God set. And us here missing the mark. I don't know about you, but I've wondered how how do I go from this to all I can do, even on my best day, to the standard of God, which is up here. This gap right here presents a lot of problems. In my my own life, I go from from kind of one extreme to the other. You ever wake up and you just are like, man, I'm the scum of the earth. I mean, you don't say that. You know, to your spouse, good morning, hon, I'm the scum of the earth. But a lot of times we, we think that. Uh, maybe we've done something wrong. We've dropped the ball on a responsibility and we just, we just walk around moping. We are just depressed. We are upset. We're sad. And we're just beating ourselves up. So say one day I'm, I'm like that. It's amazing. The next day, sometimes I'm just like, wow everything's great. I'm Self-sufficient. It's wonderful. Everything's going my way. And sometimes in life, it's like you have that, those ups and downs with your emotions. I stink. I'm great. I stink. I'm great. You ever experienced that? What you find in scripture is, is when we, we live the ups and downs like that, that really is basing our, our view of ourself on, on how we feel or how we're doing. What you find is, in the Bible, is that there, there's an alternative to that topsy turvy emotional roller coaster. So grace comes through Jesus Christ. He basically fills the gap between God's standard and the place we are because of our sin. So, since God took the initiative with us, the second point on there is that um, we cannot earn God's grace. Uh, Ephesians 2 talks about. Basically, God's goodness, uh, the characteristics of, of who he is. And it says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Three key words here love, mercy, and grace. Those are the three main dimensions of God's goodness. God is a good God. And we know that because he's given us love, he's given us mercy. And he's given us grace. Those three things I need to remember. Sometimes my view of God is kind of like, I wonder if he's got a notepad. And he's just looking at me thinking, okay, plus, minus. And he's just writing them down. Isn't that kind of like a God Santa kind of a thing? You know, the naughty and nice list. What What I sometimes find is that that's how I view God. I think he's just looking down, just making a list. And at any time he could squash me. Because the negative are outweighing the positive. The the bad is outweighing the good. What that leads to is this this fear mentality. Because whatever I do won't be good enough. But you see, because of Jesus Christ, we cannot earn God's grace. There's nothing that, that we can do. Something that, that I've noticed is is just nature to me, is this idea of self-improvement, making myself better, or appearing to people that, that I have everything together. Really, that, that's pride. I'll give you an example. I was a substitute teacher um, a few years ago, and it was like one of my first assignments as a sub. And if you've ever been a sub or you've ever been in a classroom with a substitute teacher, everyone knows that there's no reason that person should be there. You know, when you're a kid and you have a sub, isn't it like the greatest day? Yes. We never have homework. No, what is that? Well, I was a sub for a um, a PE class, which is bad in two ways. It was a PE class, and it was for high school students. It's bad in three ways. They were running the mile. So there were some students that were goofing off, and, you know, me being just this idea of I'm going to show them that I know what I'm doing that I'm self-sufficient and good enough to be here. So they were goofing off, and I, I set a challenge before them. I said, if I beat you in the mile, you will run it again. I know, gasp, I heard that. <laughs> That's what I thought right after I said it. What are you thinking? So I, I set up on this pace, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm lightning. The slowest lightning ever, but I, I am lightning. And I, I'm jogging. I'm sitting the pace, and the guys, these guys are goofing up behind me. I'm just like, just keep it up. Ten feet later, um, my legs started feeling like redwoods, you know, and I'm just having kind of trouble moving. And the guys start gaining on me. I'm like, uh-oh, you have to keep going. And so I'm just talking to myself, setting my head a little bit more forward, pump up. The, no, I didn't, pump, I didn't have those Nike pumps. Um, so all of a sudden, two guys pass me. I'm like, okay, good. They're doing what they should. So now it's about them and how I prove to them they can do it. Then there's this one guy that's behind me, and I'm like, there is no way this guy is gonna beat me. And so I'm I'm running, and then about fifty yards left, he passes me. And he just he takes off, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they they totally beat me. So I get done, and no joke, I'm about to throw up. I get done, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got sweat cold chills and sweat. I'm just it's a bad, bad situation. And I'm thinking, I didn't, I didn't really prove my point. In fact, I just made myself look pretty stupid. If you'd like to hear more stories about that in my life, stay after us. But that, but that really is one example of, you know, the self-improvement. A lot of times what happens is we, we want to improve others. Or we want to prove ourselves. And so we, we decide, okay, this is what we need to do. But a lot of times, like in this situation, it just blows up in our face. Because it's not really how how it works. We cannot spend a whole life just determining, okay, if I do all that and I stay away from a few of that, everything will be okay. It really doesn't work like like a checkbook. Um, A verse in Galatians shows kind of the futility of this thinking, of this idea of as long as I improve myself, everything will be okay. Galatians 2.21, it says... This is Paul talking. He's an early church planner. He says, I do not set aside the grace of God. The idea of setting aside is, is like neutralizing it. Making it so it doesn't really matter. Violating it. I don't neutralize the grace of God. And he says, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. This verse is very short, but it has a lot of deep meaning to it. Basically, The way that we mock God or try to make His grace not matter to us is by trying to make ourselves right by doing a bunch of good stuff. The righteousness gained through the law. That basically is making myself right by following all these rules. Now there's laws and there's rules that really do create a structure in society. But structure or rules don't bridge just that gap between us and God um, there's a there's an author that I, that I read that kind of summed up this this predicament if if God really has given me grace and I can't earn that there's nothing I can do to make myself right um, what do I do with that and th- there's one author and I, I think this is helpful it says Your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. So it's looking back on your life, there's nothing that you've done that disqualifies you from God's unmerited favor. That doesn't make sense to us. We we feel like we have to do a certain number of things before we can get to God. I have to get this straightened out or this right you see we can't get it straightened out or get it right without god so that's the one side and the other side is i really think i have it all together i think i am good enough and see we battle that every day what god's grace is 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 it's, it's not about you and all that you can do it really is about allowing god To change your heart. Uh, So, so what do we do with this predicament? The trying to prove ourselves or being self sufficient? Well, the scriptures teach us that we we have to choose faith. Faith unwraps the gift of God's grace. Ephesians 2 8 and 9, this is a pretty well known two verses in the Bible. You may have heard it before. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. The, the idea of, of faith is, is really the, the only attitude that we can have appropriate when we deal with God's grace. That's the only attitude we can have. Because it is the one thing that's not self-dependent or self-reliant. Even when we beat ourselves up, I don't deserve it, I don't deserve it. That still is about us. The focus is still on us. Or the idea of I'm good enough, I don't need it. It's still about us. Faith is, is ignoring and getting past that self-dependence tendency that we have, that self-reliance. Uh, God's favor comes to us when we, we don't depend on our own merit, uh, but we depend on the merit of one another someone else and that person is is Jesus Christ that really is the big picture of what Christianity is Uh, Christians followers of Christ who have made God the boss of their lives are not perfect in any sense it was never about what they could do but really Christianity is built on the the premise that is Jesus Christ's merit that that we hold on to the life that he lived, and the opportunity he gave to us to have a relationship with God, that is what what we hold on to. Um, This idea of of grace being a gift, we we only can receive this gift through faith. It's the idea of we really realize that it is a gift. There's not strings attached to it. Certain hoops that we have to jump through before, but it is really... Deciding that, okay, God, you, you've, you've told me that this is the way life works. This is the path for which I experience um, blessing or I experience new life or hope. Faith is really believing that that is true. Really believing that Jesus Christ is who he said he was. That he died on the cross for our sins. That's that faith. It's accepting the gift, knowing that there is something there. And it really is the best gift that we've ever been offered. But we, but we have to take it. It is really a gift that we, that we must take and unwrap it. And that's what faith does. It unwraps that gift. So once, once we decide to, to follow Christ as the boss of our life, or once we realize and still try to work on not trying to prove ourselves to God, there really is new purpose That we get in in life. And that's your last point. It says God's grace gives us new purpose in life. There's a passage in Titus that really paints a picture of kind of that one-way street that we were on. And then the second part of the passage paints the picture of the alternate route that God gave us. And it says at one time we were too foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice, which is evil basically. And envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, Basically, which means to make us innocent. His grace made us innocent. We might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. That idea of, of hope is something that resonates with me. And it really resonates with, with all of us as humans. This idea of, that there is hope to this maybe one way that we think there is another way. If you've never committed your life to Christ as the boss of your life and you've been trying to figure out what you need to do to have a relationship with God or what you need to do to be good, to be good, I encourage you to fill it on your welcome card. We can provide some resources for you. We can pray for you. If you've been following Christ for a while as the boss of your life, I encourage you to look at how you relate to God, how you view him. One of the things I struggle with is, is um, you know, beating myself up or thinking I should have done better or known more than I did. It's funny. I, I was done with the first service speaking. And I came down and sat. And I just was like, that was awful. And you know what? God showed me that the very thing I was thinking about I was relying on my own my own effort, my own merit. I and mean, that really is just woven in my heart. I mean, really, it's it's by God's grace that we can do anything that actually makes a difference. And so I encourage you to to cut yourself some slack. Not because of that you're good enough, but because of it, it it's not about you. It really is about Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to spend some time looking at that. Next week we're going to look at how once we decide to take the detour that God's given us from going our own way, how living in grace, how that really does change uh, the way that we we live in each area of our life, the decisions we make. Uh, And we're going to dig in a little further to how we should view ourselves. So I encourage you to, to do that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the gift of grace. That is the foundation for which we stand. There is nothing that we have done to disqualify us and there is nothing that we can do to be made right except by having faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. From turning our own way and, and to go the way that you've given us, the new way. Father, I pray that that will really Speak to our hearts. Uh, we, we do tend to go from pride to depression really quick, thinking that we're awful to thinking we're great. And we really need help. And I know that you provide that for us. We thank you for that, that there is a, a new way that we can think about ourselves and view our own success in life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray.